Hello, this is F1 Indie Girls with Sarai and Sherelle. We are two girls who love Formula One and IndyCar. Let's get right into our indie, our intro to IndyCar. This is the episode where you guys will get to see our nerdy side, but also, fair warning, I am getting off of a very stressful last two weeks of college finals, and I am a chemistry major, so that was... 10 times more stressful, so I'm so brain dead and so out of it. And then Sherelle is getting off of two days worth of 12-hour shifts yeah. as a nurse, and so she's tired and exhausted, so if this is a little crazy and hectic, we apologize, but also this is this is what you get. <laughs> say, most likely, we will be a little bit all over the place, <laughs> and hopefully it makes sense. Uh, that is the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> but entertainment would also be fun, too. So we have not talked a lot about IndyCar um, as we've started our podcast. It's only been, I think we only talked about it once when we were talking about um, kind of like the get to know us. Yeah, the get to know us. us. And then we talked about attending like oh, the IndyCar and race. attending car, IndyCar races were about the only times that we've talked about it. So this episode... We're going to talk about, we're going to start off with talking about our favorite drivers and team. And then we're going to get into some of the history, because I think the history behind IndyCar is really cool and fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get into kind of what, like how IndyCar is set up, the cars are set up, the tires they use, the qualifying session, the point system and everything, because it's a lot different than people think it is from F1. And I, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, I I do too. I think because of those differences, it makes it so fun to watch. And, um, but it can be confusing if you have not watched it before. So hopefully this will give you just a brief overview. That way, if you want to go ahead and watch IndyCar... You are not as confused as we were the first time. Goodness, I remember I was so confused. It was so bad. I was like, watch, like watching it. And I was like, what are they doing in qualifying? Because I think the first actual qualifying I watched was in person, and I was like sitting there and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was so confused. I'm used to like the three, four, like the three qualifying sessions in F1, and not having like all these different like things and ways they're set up and everything and so it was it was quite interesting there's something in my eyeball <laughs> ow okay we're back <laughs> sarai got whatever it was out of her eye <laughs> we're good now <laughs> i was like dying and i was like it's starting to affect my like vision in my eye and then i was like I can feel it. Oh, we're good. So, back to the podcast. <laughs> um, let's start off with favorite drivers and favorite teams. Um, we kind of mentioned this when we were talking about our get to know us, but we thought we would just mention it one more time for any of our newer viewers who haven't listened to any of our past podcasts. You want to start off? Favorite sure. team and favorite drivers? Okay. Favorite team. Aaron McLaren. You know, got that connection to F1. And then we also have... 
my favorite drivers are in that team as well. So favorite driver, Pato. Second favorite driver, Alex. And then second Just favorite. Specify that's Alexander Rossi. Yes, Alexander Rossi. <laughs> um, and then second favorite team is Penske. I love all the Penske awesome. drivers, but Scott McLaughlin's probably that's my top. yeah top of the Penske drivers for me. Third favorite driver in IndyCar. So that's kind of my favorites. My favorite team is Aero McLaren. Has to also go with like my favorite team in F1, which is also I feel like at times it goes between Ferrari and McLaren, but either way. <laughs> um, favorite drivers. My first favorite is Alexander Rossi. I just love his like I don't know. I listen to his podcast, and I he's think we just both have so spent so much time listening <laughs> to that podcast. He's just. I don't even know how to describe it. He is the most anti-social, but yet the most blunt when he comes to talking to people. And he's just he's just an overall funny guy. And he I just so I love it. And when you put him with like um Hinch, oh my gosh, I love those two together. Um my second favorite driver is Pado Award. Third favorite driver is Oh, this one's hard because I've like go between three different drivers. I don't know how many times. <laughs> no. Um, but at the moment, I'm gonna have to say Scott McLaughlin. I'll. But anyways, I also like Team Penske. You know, Will Power, um, Joseph Newgarden, Scott McLaughlin, love them. But I cannot forget my boy Roman Grosjean. So happy he's racing next year. Um, was worried there for a bit that he wasn't going to have a team. You. <laughs> we're actually quite mad i'm pretty sure so bad i have been he was the driver like okay he was a host driver when i started watching formula one but i really got invested into him and everything he did he also is a pilot there's also a couple other um f1 or not f1 but indycar drivers that are pilots and i have always had a fascination with pilots and wanting to fly planes myself but just decided that i'm going to be a chemist instead Opposite spectrums there, but anyways. <laughs> um, and so he flew planes, and I started following him on Instagram, and I got to see that whole thing, and I was like, wow, this guy's really cool. And then, of course, he crashed, and I was like, oh, my goodness, Roman, are you okay? And I got, like, nervous, and then I found out he was going to IndyCar, and I was like, oh, okay, he's still racing. He's still good. And that was the only driver when I got into IndyCar that I knew, and so I cannot not say he's one of my favorites. Well, yeah. I remember when there was, like, speculations that, you know, it, ha it hadn't been confirmed, like, for sure that he wasn't driving. And you're like, well, unless I see it from his own mouth, I'm not <laughs> believing it. He's racing. He's racing. And, um, and then we saw that the team, yeah, we saw that, like, the legal stuff that was going on. It's kind of sad. And so we're like, okay, well, obviously he's not racing for Andretti next year. Kind of sad. And, and so we're like, he's he going to have a seat. He's not going to have a seat, he's not going to have a team, and then I got really sad, and then he signed, and I was, like, so happy, and I posted it uh, on our Instagram, you should go check out our Instagram, at F1 Indie Girls, almost forgot our Instagram name, <laughs> but he saw our story, which then even made it ten times better, <laughs> 
And so, yeah, I will always have a special place in my heart for Grosjean. I never, and he also, like, as an F1 driver, he, in Haas, he was a really good Haas driver when Haas was struggling at the time. And I know a lot of the Haas drivers, like, looked up to him in different points. I know K-Mag said stuff about Roman all the time. I was going to say, just be warned. Sometimes if you go to get a picture with him. <laughs> that was so bad. That was, we were in, we mentioned this, but just mention it again. We were in Indy at the Gallagher Grand Prix and all weekend, all I wanted was a picture or a signature from Grosjean or both. I would have been happy with both, but I was like, I'd be okay with either one. And we were in line to get his autograph. And I was like, yes, I can get his autograph. And they closed the gate right before we could get it. And I was like, gosh, dang it. And so Cheryl wanted to get her paddle picture. I was like, perfect. I can get my, redo my paddle picture and then see if I can get Grosjean. He looked so mad. He? He smiled for the picture. <laughs> he did smile for the he picture. Mad. I'm just but saying. He looked so, like, annoyed and just was like i just want to go back to like my thing and but i was like roshan can i have a picture and i sounded so happy and so excited and i felt so bad afterwards like i turned to shrell and i literally was like i feel so bad for stopping yeah him. there was no way i was asking after that <laughs> i was, like, was nope, like no i'm good <laughs> and the other thing is is he shaved that weekend and i've never seen Grosjean without like facial hair you were convinced he didn't exist. <laughs> I was. I was like, Roshan is just this made-up person. He doesn't exist. Because we saw all the other drivers. I swear, all the other drivers except for Grosjean. And obviously, the thing is, is I saw him in his car and, like, all the everything else. Mm-hmm. But I never saw his face. And I was like, it's just some random person that they put in the car. Like, he doesn't actually exist. Lo and behold, he shaved and we probably saw him like 50 times <laughs> and didn't know it was him. <sighs> oh, that was a fun time. But yeah, Grosjean, love him. One of my favorites all the time. I would go and support him. I don't remember what he was thinking about doing instead of IndyCar. But something Lamborghini. Yeah, something with Lamborghini. There's too many series to <laughs> track him so right many. now. But I would have followed him in that 100%, even though I don't really enjoy watching closed wheel motorsports. Oh, I know. I'm like, I would follow my favorites anywhere at this point. <laughs> I would. If Grosjean went over to Lamborghini or something else, I would follow him and just support him and be like, I don't care about anybody else but Grosjean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So that's our little <laughs> Our little rant there. <laughs> okay. So getting into the history, um, 1905, the AAA started the like first like organized competitive season in motorsports and they raced mainly on like one mile dirt oval tracks and that's kind of where the history of IndyCar starts at the time it was known as champ cars though I just imagine going like Six, 50, 60, 70 degrees. <laughs> wow. Okay. Kevin's brain. 60, 70 miles an hour on a dirt track. Like my little car, if I went 67 mm. miles and 60, 70 miles an hour on a dirt road, my car, I think, would break and drift around. I know. Corner. Like them driving these 
little cars <laughs> around these little dirt oval tracks. Oh. Um, so then, funny. kind of the next step into getting to IndyCar was 1909. They raced for the first time at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, for those of you who do not know what the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is, it is where they now hold the Indy 500. It's a two and a half mile oval. It's huge. Um, yeah. And at the time, it was made entirely of bricks. It has the nickname <laughs> the Brickyard. I just imagine going over and just be like, oh, as you're trying to. Uh, I know. It seems like bricks would be so hard to drive on. The last thing I would want to drive on would be, a, not let alone a two and a half mile and freaking ah. I don't even know. Yeah. I was like, it's not sound comfortable. But the speeds were actually, like, it was quite fast for the day with cars getting over 70 miles an hour on that track. That's like us on, like, the highway, highway. and, like, the and interstate. <laughs> and being like, wow, we're going so fast. I'm like, my car can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, shows you how much. And now they go, it's what? It's changed. To that 2,000. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they go, like, 200. 300 miles an hour? Yeah, like 240-ish, I think. Yeah. Um, <sighs> when they're doing, like, qualifying runs and stuff at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they get up into, like, 240-ish. So, um, after that, um, obviously, kind of that gets us into, like, World War Two, II. And so... Kind of had a halt, yeah. Kind of a little race. bit of a halt there. Um, most of the it was, you know, all guys racing, of course. Yeah. At that time, and if you were a guy, you were usually mm-hmm. called to fight in the war. So yeah. They kind of put a so kind of put a halt on that. But then, halt. 1911, we come back to the two years later, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and they decided to at this point lengthen the race. They wanted to like make some. Make a bigger race, make it something that people would want to come out to. So they made it a 500 mile race. At the time, I <laughs> found this out while looking up stuff. It was called the 1911 International 500 Mile Sweepstake Race. <laughs> so hold on, you started it. So I know, I'm like, <laughs> no way I'm getting that without reading it. Um, obviously, that name did not stick around. Thank goodness. I don't know if I would want to call it the International 500 Miles what is it, Sweepstake, sweepstake race. race. Yeah. I like the Indy 500 a lot yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Indy 500 has a much better ring to it. It does. Like and sick. that is... I'm bumping the microphone. <laughs> that is what stuck. Um, Speaking of the Indy 500, we go in May. Oh, I'm I know. I'm so, so excited. excited. Talking about IndyCar makes me, and like thinking that I get to be there again in May makes me so excited. Um, if any of you guys are going to be there, let us know. Oh yeah, we'd love DM to DM us on Instagram. We'd love to meet love to any of you who are going to be there. Make some more race friends. Yeah, I'd love some race friends. 
Okay, so back to, the back, to, back to the history lesson here. Um, so that is kind of what started the, as it's now known, the biggest single day sporting event. And to me, that's just crazy that, like, the amount of people that attend the Indy 500. It's crazy because we were there in August and we, like, could see all the, like, the stands, right, the stands. and everything. There's hardly anybody there in August. And you look out and it's like... And to think that's going to be packed. That's packed. Like, you, it's crazy how bad it is. Um, I heard people talking, they're like, oh yeah, this is nothing compared to the Indy 500, and I was like, this yeah. is a lot of people in itself. I know, right? it feels like a lot. And then I went to, you know, F1, and across the whole weekend, they had about 350,000. And so if you go every day, they count your attendance every day you go. Yeah. So if you go all three days, you count as three people. Three people, pretty much. And so across the whole weekend, they had, you know... 350 which I'm about. sure most of which those people were probably is about typical for just the Indianapolis 500 <laughs> like the whole day that is your like <laughs> and so it is going to be uh, very crowded there I'm sure um, to, like, hold hands as we walk I know there. <laughs> <laughs> lose each other we're gonna have to write each other's numbers <laughs> <laughs> on our jackets I'm sure if we get lost Somebody can help us. <laughs> call this number. <laughs> call this number. If you find me, call this number. <laughs> um, we're only okay. saying that because Sherelle is a lot shorter than I am. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I will get lost. <laughs> like, just with the um, Gallagher Grand Prix, I have long legs, and so I would like, be, like, getting to go She'd somewhere. She'd be, like, walking quickly, and I'm, like, sprinting. <laughs> Uh, that's why I made the joke of we're gonna have to like hold hands that way I don't I leave her lost. behind <laughs> well you know we walk side by side and I'll just walk you into the <laughs> that's true I can't walk in a straight line okay <laughs> okay distractions tonight like I said we warned you we warned you our brains <laughs> um, but I think it's crazy that um, the person I'm not even gonna try and Meant to say his name. It's like Ray. Haran. 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 I don't know. Haran. Don't. Don't. Don't judge us. We're. <laughs> we're not gonna get that right. Okay. Uh, it took him seven hours. And then you compare to that to today's. Race. And races are what an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Today it's about mm, two hours. Or they so. have four hours to complete a race and they usually finish it in two unless if there's like some major crash or something. Mm-hmm. Which blows my mind that it went from seven hours to two hours. Like that's a whole five hour difference. Mm-hmm. Also imagine sitting there watching the nineteen eleven international five mile <laughs> sweepstake race <laughs> for seven hours. Just, you know. From the whole day. Um, I think I would go uh, crazy if I had to yeah. sit there and watch cars. Because, like, I, I love watching them for two hours. <laughs> but an extra five hours might be a little too much. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about that race. Change the future of motorsports forever. And as we know it today. Um, so, the winner of that race was the first person to race a single-seater car. Before that time, 
they always had a second seat that a mechanic mechanic could sit in. That way he could make repairs as needed and could warn the driver of, like, you know, people around him. They didn't have mirrors back then. (laughs) Yeah. And so... Like, your car getting... I can just see someone in, like, my backseat of my car working hard. I know. As I'm driving. Try to fix something as you drive. Oh, my goodness. I just think of that scene in, like, Little Rascals. Oh. (laughs) She's, like, trying to, like... <laughs> guys driving and he's like you know messing with stuff, messing and like, with stuff. <laughs> I would get so annoyed I'd be like get out of my car <laughs> um, but so you know but due to first not time, having that mechanic in the car yeah he figured it would be lighter faster and faster because it's lighter and then by being lighter it would create less wear on the car and so with less wear you probably wouldn't need a mechanic and so, obviously, he just showed that it was faster. And he won the race. Won the race. The, the car became known as the Indy car. And soon, single-seater race cars were raced everywhere. And obviously, what led more into Indy car and F1 and really an f1 didn't even start till the 1950s yeah so i I mean it's been around quite a bit longer than formula Formula one um and at one point was pretty big especially inside of the united states but it got to the point where um 1979 the it got under new ownership and some of the teams and stuff didn't necessarily agree with how things were run um and decided that they were going to split off from the main group and they um started um cart which is an acronym i can't remember exactly what it stands for um (laughs) but this split really created a lot of problems for both of the leagues. Um, And then in the early 2000s, CART actually went bankrupt. 2008, they decided to join back with IndyCar um, and kind of got us to where we are today. Um, So that's kind of the history behind um, IndyCar. It's now... Um, I feel like it's grown decently in the last few years. Like, it still is growing again. Um, I feel like it was, like, this big thing back in the day because it was this new fancy thing. And then everyone gets old of the fancy thing and they find something else and it kind of dies. But I feel like it's slowly coming back. Yeah, it's slowly coming back. And as we get um, drivers from different countries and stuff, I feel like it pulls more fans from yeah. not just the US but other countries oh, as well. Gonna <coughs> 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 can try not to die. <laughs> um I'm trying to remember I the other day I saw like a thing about how many different countries they came from. Um I have eleven <sighs> different countries. Yeah, I think we have like eleven different countries right now and then there, I think there are actually more drivers from 
outside of the country than we have. There's like 20 some odd drivers. I know. I'm like, it we have some repeat countries. I can't remember. We, we have 13 U.S. drivers out of 37 that have raced like last, last year. year. So that's also including like reserved or like fill-in drivers yeah. and the Indy so 500 drivers. We do have a good majority actually that are from outside, outside. of the U.S. Um, but most of them lived elsewhere and then came to the U.S. and found karting in IndyCar. Yeah. And a lot of, even, like, some of the U.S. drivers um, we know have, Europe. yeah, raced over in Europe and stuff as they were growing up. Um, we have some that have obviously been Alexander in F1. Rossi yep. Alexander F1. Rossi was the last American in F1, F1 before F1. Logan. He um, didn't score any points, though, and didn't have a very good season in F1. Yeah, he was a little he rough. started in as a fill-in mm-hmm. at, like, the end of the year. Did he, he do a full year the next year? I don't remember. I think he might have gotten but just kicked yeah. out. Yeah, so he didn't do a ton of races. Ton, but it still counts. <laughs> it still counts. He's still there. But Logan Sargent has been the first American driver in like 30 some odd years to get points in F1. Yeah. So, so go him. Really proud of our boy Logan as an American. Um, also proud of a lot of other drivers. Yeah. But to get into away from the history and to get a little bit more um, about IndyCar, IndyCar runs the same chassis and aerodynamic kit, which is part of kind of like how the car works and the aerodynamic kit, of course, is how they become aerodynamic um or how they are aerodynamic interesting thing about the chassis they've had the same chassis since like 2012 dang that's i think the drivers are ready for a change i think they are too but we haven't gotten it yet (laughs) maybe maybe here soon um they only have two engine providers and that's honda and chevrolet and so the teams um will be like sign a contract with honda or chevrolet um or chevy however we want to pronounce it um and they um and it's kind of like a championship almost between honda and chevrolet yeah they have in a like way. The, the, i don't want to call it engine manufacturing but <laughs> the, it is but yeah it is like the it's kind of like a championship between the championship which is kind of interesting um but then everything else, the teams are given free range on whatever they want to do to their car within regulation of set rules by the sanctioning body IndyCar. Um, and if they go outside of those, then of course there's like penalties and everything. Mm-hmm. And, so- um, and kind of like with F1, if they use, like go over their allotment of money, engines, that too. They have penalties, like, on the starting grid, things like that. And then they, of course, have, like, a certain amount of money they can use throughout this whole season. If they go over that, they get in trouble and get a whole different process. Um, This is kind of what makes IndyCar very unique. Um, In F1, they just have the halo that protects drivers from when they're in a crash. It protects the driver's head. In IndyCar, because they're... Tracks are a little bit different. 
excuse me, they have um, built a Red Bull-developed aero screen. Yeah, I thought it was actually interesting, the history behind that, because it did start as something that... So Red Bull developed the aero screen back in the 2000... I think it was around 2017 or so. Um, it's when the teams were coming up with ideas of how to protect the drivers better. Um, Red Bull had come up with the idea of the aero screen, and it had been tested on F1 cars, actually. Um, and they, yeah, I would say it did not work as well as, like, the Halo did for what they wanted for F1. Because it kind of with the aerodynamics in F1. Yeah, but it works for IndyCar because a halo does not work for IndyCar on the ovals. And so they needed something different. And so the aero screen actually worked great for them. And that but they do use they halos. It's just a little bit yeah. different. It's like a mixture between like a, mixture. like a halo and aero screen. Yeah. So it's kind of like they do have halos. Yeah. But you have a halo, but it's like different than different because the they have they can't change the whole car completely for an oval race yeah. than they can in like cuz half the time it's like oh you're going straight straight to an oval or it's oval oval street or you know whatever they have it set up as and so they kind of mixed them they took them and like it's like a halo yeah. and aero screen had a yeah. kid is basically what it looks like yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and because of the aero screen, um, they have to have some, like, extra components as well. Um, like, with their helmets, they have a tube. That it took me tube. forever to figure out what the tubes were for. But I'm pretty sure I was like, well, I know. that I was like weird. <laughs> that is not normal. Yeah, so they have tubes that you'll either see them connect to the, like, top the of their helmet, helmet or the front. And... It is actually airflow. Yeah, airflow basically because of the aero screen, they don't get the airflow like you do in an F1 car. And so they have to have air that flows through their helmets and stuff so they get good airflow. Yeah. And then, depend. So, another thing that's really distinctive about IndyCar, and it took me a while to get used to because I'm been so, I I didn't necessarily grow up on but like since 2019 to 2023 been watching F1 which only does permanent tracks like street tracks or like street tracks that they have to kind of build they don't build them but they like do different things with and then I can IndyCar and they have the permanent street tracks and then they have um ovals mm -hmm. and then they also have the non-permanent so they have what is it so they they Road call courses. it so they have street courses which are like pretty much what a street course is in f1, f1. they have the it's road courses road which is like your normal normal tracks, tracks in f1 and then you have the ovals the ovals yeah and i and there's different types of ovals that's too. true because you have your um my brain's blanking here. You have your, like, super speedways. Oh, yeah. And then you have, like, the shorter ovals. Smaller ovals. Yeah. 
which yeah. forgive me for you know blinking on the name right now <laughs> but yeah so they have that and due to having basically it boils down to two different racetracks because like your race your wow your street courses and then the non-street courses um are basically considered the same thing almost and then you have your ovals so their practices can vary on what they how many practices they have but mostly they can it's the same as f1 three practices two on friday one saturday morning with qualifying following and then qualifying also is different um i think this confuses you so much the first time i never i okay the first time i watched i guess it's a permanent no it's what is the got what is gallagher it would be a road course road course um i watched the ever that was the very first qualifying i ever watched was at the gallagher grand prix and i was like okay that's a little strange like the way they have that set up and i was like okay but that's like i understand it and then we watched one on tv i think it was the was it the last second to last we watched i say it's like the second to last race because the last race was a street course yeah, we. I don't know what it was. Now I'm like trying to remember. It was. If I think about, oh. oh. <laughs> and so that was the first oval qualifying I watched, and I sat there and I was like, "What is going on?" I was so confused. Also, not that I don't like oval tracks, but oval qualifying was so boring. Oval qualifying <laughs> kind of takes a while. It um, does, but also just, like, I'm used to having it being, like, this huge, like, fighting, and, like, everyone's like, oh, I gotta get fast and slap so I can be on Poland, and then they, the, um, ovals, you have a warm-up lap, and then you do two laps around the track, and then they take an av- fastest, they take an average of your speed, and the driver that gets the fastest average speed speed gets pole position and i was like what the heck because i'm used to it being like okay you have multiple drivers out and they're fighting kind of each other on the track where this one it's one car at a time going around and that was interesting for me to get used to but on a street and road course they follow a three-round knockout elimination format. So round one, the drivers are split into two field, two groups, and then the fast six from both of those groups move on to, um, what is it? Okay, there's a name for it, but I can't draw a blank. They move on to basically 12 of them. I think it's like fast 12 or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm too tired. <laughs> if that's wrong, I know the names of these things. I just, I'm if it's wrong, I apologize. But basically, and then there's a way. Um, I can't remember the exact format to this at the moment. But then there's a way that the drivers get filled from 13th to so last. it's if you're in group one, if you're after that top six. So if you were seventh you'd qualify 13th and then, and then oh. if you were in that first group qualified um like 
eighth in that first group, then you'd qualify 15th. So basically, it fills in the odd numbers from 12 on down. Interesting. 13 and down. So like 13, yeah, <laughs> yeah 13, 13. So they start 13 and then go, yeah. Yeah. And then if you were in the second qualifying group, you fill in the even, even numbers there down. So it's interesting because you might have actually set a faster time than the person in group one. But because they were in that first group, they get, they technically could qualify above you because it's just based off of your order after. Which is top. weird. I also thought that was strange. And then round two is basically the repeat of round one with the slowest cars filling out seven through 12. Top six goes into Firestone Fast Six, I think that's yes. what it's called. Yes. And then basically they fill up the, and then wherever you qualify, you basically fill up the grid positions from six on up. Is what it is and then that's basically qualifying with the race following sunday and then it depends on where you are like what what track you're at on how many laps you finish or yeah. how many miles you go yeah um and then did you talk about oval qualifying yeah okay um so oval qualifying for any 500 a oh. little bit different. Oh, I was going to get to that. But yes, it is different. Um, it's a whole complicated. <laughs> so with the Indy 500, it allows 33 drivers to enter. Um, more than that are allowed to try and qualify, though. So they take the top 33. 33. Um, and so they draw lots basically on when they are in that qualifying order um where on a normal oval they just do um it's normal over ovals they do reverse championship order i think i think so yeah something like that um and so basically it's just drawn out it's like a watery system and so it's like done at random um, and then they have, I'm trying to remember, it's been a while, obviously, since I watched Indy 500 qualifying. Um, they basically go out in that order that they randomly drew, and they have, I think it's four laps. And so it's like, they go out. I think it's a warm-up lap and then yeah. three laps. Yeah. Um, and it goes off of... Your speed. Your speed, not which your is, time. Which is a normal oval qualifying. Oh, no, that is normal. Normal what? oval qualifying, you go for... Okay, yeah, it is about... But qualifying for IndyCar is over several... For the Indy 500, goes no, over I thought, for several days. I thought it was different in 500. Like, it was switched between... If it's normally speed, maybe it is time in 500. I'm going to have to look this up or now. <laughs> Maybe I have it wrong. I don't know. I don't. It's been too long <laughs> since I watched, obviously, and now it's late and I'm tired and I can't think straight. <laughs> Whatever. It's either time, time or, speed. or speed. It's the opposite of what I feel like is normally done. I can't yeah. remember if I'm wrong. 
you can <laughs> you can come after me for this one, I guess. <laughs> um, and then after everybody has gone, then they can start basically lining up to try and go again until they run out of time. Um, and then the so basically the first day of qualifying the grid from 30 to 12 i think is set and then anybody who is below 30 tries to qualify again the next day for the last three spots for the last three spots and then obviously you have your fast 12 who again go out and qualify and set the final 12 and it actually again breaks down to the fast six Fires as well fast six. um so but it's set uh, over like two, several days two long days of qualifying um and obviously that second day you have the joy of the pole sitter compared to the sorrow of those who get bumped get to race yeah which is kind of sad bump day bump day. day it's a sad day um especially when your driver gets kicked out yeah hasn't happened yet <laughs> um one very fascinating thing about indycar which i think is awesome and i kind of would appreciate it if f1 did it but i understand why f1 doesn't but indycar drivers get points throughout the whole field so whether you are first or whether you are 25th you get points um throughout the whole field it just becomes like one point after i think it's like i don't remember what it is but after a while you just yeah it's slowly like one groups of drivers get like kind of the yeah yeah same um, amount, but which but if you i'm trying to remember point wise it goes all the way if you get first you get 50 points yeah so like which is more than you get in f1 fun yeah. fact but I guess if you're getting points all the way through, you got to <laughs> give more than 25 points. Yeah. But due to this, um, if a driver crashes their car, and if it's not like a horrible crash to where the driver can't drive or the car is completely, completely destroyed, yeah. they can return to the pit lane. The car can be fixed. And then the car can go back out and fight for points. I... I was gonna say this happened in F one once this year. Once with Checo. With Checo and everyone was like, What? And I was like, Oh, this is just a typical day in in the car. Car. Like, this is nothing new. But he didn't stay he didn't go out for the whole race. He, he did just so came, he could he didn't, didn't like have to serve a penalty. Yeah. He went in and served his penalty and like came back. So, so it didn't it's go a on different, the next race. But like the whole fixing the car and sending it back out. I was like, 100% oh, percent Indy car. This is like Totally normal, like, but everybody else was like, what, what is doing? going on? Which was kind of funny, but it took, okay, when we were at the Gallagher Grand Prix, there was a car that didn't go out onto the track when it started, and I didn't know going into this that they could fix the car and send them back out, and I'm pretty sure I turned to Shirelle and go, what are they doing? And then the announcer was like, oh, yeah, they're working on his car, fixing it, and he's going to be back out in a couple... And I was like, what? Yeah, so sometimes they can be lapsed down. 
but so still, still get points. Get points. Um, and sometimes there's multiple of them lapped down, and yeah. so they can compete against each other still. I It blew my mind. But I kind of like it because I feel like there's a lot more fighting and everything yeah. um, when they get to battle for points at the whole field. Um, back on to... Oh, also, drivers can score up to three points based on the number of laps they have led during the race. So if the more laps you lead... Yeah, so if you, you lead any lap, any lap, you get one you point. You get one point. If you lead the most, most laps, laps, you, you get, get three. Yeah, because you get two for the most laps yeah, and one, one for, for the leading, leading laps. Lap. So it adds up to three. Yeah. And um, then in qualifying, fun fact, the driver who gets pulled gets one point. Yeah. So. So you want to get pulled because then you get another point, which helps you in the championship. Yeah. And then the Indy 500, the 12 points are awarded to the driver who qualified... In um, pole position, with yeah. every driver behind them only getting one point less. So positions 13 through 33 do not get points. But then also the Indy 500 is a double point event. So for every point that the driver gets, Though, it is doubled. I realize this last year, they just they didn't, they didn't do, do it. They didn't do it this last year. And everybody thought it was interesting because you have a couple races that are double headers. So yeah. they race... Back to back, back weekends. to back. Well, not even oh no, back. they race at the same track NASCAR. like Saturday, Sunday. Oh, that's so cool. it's like the same track. So like, um, Mid Ohio is one that they race Saturday, Sunday. Not Mid Ohio, Iowa. Iowa, it's Iowa. <laughs> wow, <laughs> tired. Um, Iowa, they race. It's a double header, so they race at the same track Saturday and Sunday. Um. And so, technically, you could earn more points at Iowa than the Indy 500. And so, everybody thought that was the drivers and everything was, like, kind of interesting that you can earn more points that weekend than you could at the 500 when the 500 is, like, the biggest event. Um, Another thing kind of came into my head randomly that um, is interesting about IndyCar is that for them... Yes, obviously they want to win the championship, but you ask almost any of the drivers if they rather win the championship or the 500. They'd rather win the 500. Most of them will tell you the 500. To them, like, the that 500 is... is a better title than a championship title. Yeah, so... To them, the 500 is a world champion. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, that is the race. You are the champion if you are the 500 winner. I think yeah. there's a very select two who'd be like, I'd rather be world champion. And but yeah. are the crazy people. Just kidding. Almost They're not everyone crazy. will tell you. 500. Is the but yeah. Um, on to like, I, how do I want to put this? I didn't know. I feel like I didn't know a lot of this when I first watched IndyCar. I feel like I knew a lot more about F1 than I did IndyCar. Because F1, in like aspects of everything, is a very simple form of ra- of open wheel racing compared to IndyCar. But IndyCars don't have power steering. And to me, thinking about, like, I've had to drive my car. Um, it got 
we had there's a battery issue in my car one time and i had to drive it like pull it out of the place without power steering so that is hard. the hardest thing to do to so imagine not having power steering going 240 miles an hour two hours straight like they had they have to be so strong alexander rossi fun fact who we said earlier was a f1 driver um gave an article to indycar and when he was in f1 he said that um in f1 he did maybe oh was it 80 percent yeah um cardio and 20 percent strength racing and then when he came over to indycar he did about 60 percent of it strength the rest of it cardio but he's still focused on cardio because when you're in an indycar there are some corners especially on ovals where there's so much g-force given on the driver that they physically can't breathe but have to be able to like hold their breath without dying and passing out and then recover that breath on the straight just to be able to go back into another corner Mm -hmm. and not breathe so they have to still focus on cardio but most of their training is strength training because having no power steering hurts your wrists your elbows your shoulders and part of your back muscles um because of you physically having to like jerk that wheel around the corners and everything and then on ovals no power steering but they don't like when you're driving on a corner and you like go on the corner corner you turn the wheel and you straighten out there's basically holding the wheel that whole the like, whole time they're they, how they get onto on the, the straights. straights um and even then sometimes they don't completely straighten out the wheel yeah and I think it's interesting. Um, oh my goodness, I lost what I was going to say <laughs> when we were talking about power steering. Power steering. Um, yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. You keep talking. I'll come to me. <laughs> um, also, I feel like F1 drivers have to do this as well, um, but I hear any car drivers talking about it a little bit more. Um, but they have to train themselves to not blink like a normal person blinks several times like you know you blink a lot Mm -hmm. they have to train themselves to like open like hold their eyes open longer than a normal person would because if you blink at the wrong time especially on an oval you're gonna crash into the wall or you're gonna make a mistake and have to and then you're gonna correct which then you could overcorrect, which could then make you crash or you know there's several different things that could go into it so they have to train themselves when to blink and when not to blink. Mm-hmm. IndyCar driver or F1 drivers have to do the same thing, but theirs is a little bit more like lax because they have longer straightaways than yeah, and different things, and their corners aren't as like yeah. long yeah. as IndyCar corners. I remember what I was gonna say now. I was gonna talk about um, so in F1, it's very important that you know the drivers not like way too much oh yeah and you know those who are taller weigh a little bit more are more at a disadvantage where to they have to watch what they eat they have to watch you know have to make sure that they're training in a certain way and then you have yuki who just hates training (laughs) and so he doesn't really train and i think it's funny but he's also the smallest one on the grid so it doesn't really matter yeah 
but it's interesting because in IndyCar, their weight doesn't matter. Their weight doesn't matter um, as much because in IndyCar, it's they like add weights. Like basically, the driver and the thing have to weigh a certain a certain amount, and so they will add weights to the car. The shorter drivers, so and the lighter drivers have to have to have their weights like weights added to the car so that it's a fair game across the whole field and the lighter drivers don't get an advantage like they do in F1 which I think is interesting Rossi I think he's like six something six foot he was like in F1 I had to watch what I ate I had to you know training was a huge thing and if I had a big big weekend where I ate a lot I had to watch you know, I had to then go train a bunch and get mm-hmm. those calories and everything and all that stuff down so he wasn't exceeding the weight limit in F1. Because in F1, you're weighed before the race weekend, and then you're weighed, weighed race morning, and then you're weighed after the race. Yeah. And so they look at all that data and things. Mm-hmm. And you get a penalty if you're overweight mm-hmm. after race. Um, so, yeah, so just some interesting differences there. Um, uh, F1 is mandatory that you, they, F1 has three tire compounds, soft, medium, hard. Um, IndyCar only has, they have two, two red and black. So they, yeah, they have their primary and their alternates. So yeah, primary and alternates, they are like, Drivers are required to use both throughout F- F1, you're the required race. to use two, at least two different tire yeah, compounds. So, you know, both have requirements on tires. Um, and then, of course, they have um, slick and wet tire, or what is it? The intermediate and wet tires for F1. F1 IndyCar, you have your, obviously, oh, your normal, normal, and then they have wet tires. They, have wet, they don't well. have slick tires. Um, which is interesting. And then you have other similarities. Um, obviously, both open wheel. Open wheel motorsports. Motorsports. Both of them have a front and rear wing, which help with aerodynamics. They both have a push to pass button on their steering wheel. So, obviously, yeah. F1, we, like, their aid in passing is obviously your DRS. But they also have push to pass on their steering wheel. It's something different. It's like different. It's like it has to do with like the energy rate. But it's very similar to how push to pass works. Yeah. Because they like will charge up their battery and like deploy at different times where in IndyCar it they have push to pass, which basically gives an extra boost to their engine. Interesting thing I find with IndyCar is that they only have a certain amount of push to pass push to pass seconds. So you can only be on that push to pass button for I'm trying to remember what it is for a normal weekend, like two hundred seconds or something. Something like that. Something like that. Don't remember the exact seconds. Um it's been too long since the IndyCar <laughs> season ended. Um and so they have to be strategic about when they're using that. And they can also use push to pass to defend as well. Yeah. So, kind of interesting difference there as well. Um, 
I don't know about you. I I grew up making fun of oval races just because, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you can only turn left. Whatever. You only turn left and all um, do is race in a circle. Race in a circle. But as I've started watching, oval racing has actually become some of my favorite racing. What kind of... Because, like, I kind of paid attention to IndyCar and watched little bits here and there. And I obviously loved Pato, but it was after seeing clips of Texas this last season that I was, like, kind of fell in love with oval racing. Um, It's just so fun to watch, and their passing is crazy on ovals, and the fact that they are, like, full throttle pretty much the whole time, like... Can't be another thing, though. It is, like, just a whole nother type of racing, almost. I find it so cool. I'm different. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't. I grew up making fun of oval races, and I still am kind of that way. Like, I do enjoy watching, you know, the oval races. I'm not going to turn my, you know, head away when they are on an oval race. I still enjoy it. But... Just because I've spent so many years watching F1 race on street and road courses and then having IndyCar also race on street and race at street and road courses, I feel like that's just kind of like my like go-to. You know when like you grew up on something? Yeah, it's my comfort. You like grow up on something. It's like it's hard to turn away from that thing you grew up on and it's like I didn't grow up watching it, but I've watched it for so many years that it's just See, become my thing. And I so I still just... love those and will watch them all the time. But they're, I just. You didn't find necessarily something... grow up. Yeah. Quote unquote, I just grow up watching. Find something so cool about oval racing. They are cool. They're very cool. Um, and the just speed that they have the whole time. <laughs> um. <sighs> I was going to say, kind of, again, talking about differences between F1 and the IndyCar. Um, IndyCars actually typically can reach up to higher speeds. They're, they're, what is it? They're fastest, they can go at a higher speed, but F1 maneuvers around the track faster faster than IndyCar. Because F1 has better braking, so they can brake a lot later later than... An IndyCar, which is why F1 drivers need their necks to be so good. Because even having taking people who are used to G's in like going around corners, Take when Pato, you get that instance. braking, Pato talks about like the braking in, <laughs> and like even just how easily they turn. Like F1 cars turn very easily compared steering. to. <laughs> he's like they brake so he's like he's like. They he's like, faster. he's like, and he said it would get to the point where they're like, you need to break later. And he's like, I can't, my <laughs> neck can't do it. Like, my I can't neck. keep my head up. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it makes it so F1 cars can get around the track faster because they can break so much later and they can, you know, get around those corners easier. Um, but when it comes <laughs> to like actual speed that they can get up to um indy cars indy cars 
it's, if you were to yeah. put them on a straight lane, straight lane, the car would win. But I think that's pretty much all we have for today. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can think of anything else. No. I am kind of getting. <laughs> I'm like, I think we're both tired at this so point tired. as we. It's for us when we're recording this right now, it's basically 11 o'clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll try and get this edited and yes. out on time tomorrow. I will, tr- I'm editing, so I will try my best to get this out before our, our normal time when we, tr- we try and get it out before six. I apologize if it's a little late. I will do my best. <laughs> But I'm going to try and stay awake and not fall asleep editing. Even if I have to stay up till like 2 in the morning to edit it. But I will try. Um, also, we've changed our podcast schedule. We were going to just jump right into doing team recaps for the F1 season. But after talking, we said maybe we should incorp some IndyCar as we are F1 and IndyCar podcast. Um, so we have our IndyCar intro and then the next two... Um, Episodes are going to be digging into the 2023 IndyCar season, talking about teams, talking about drivers, talking about how people did. So we're going to get into that. And then afterwards, we're going to get into our F1 teams and going through some of their history and then how they did in the 2023 season, drivers, teams. Kind of just like an overall team view recap. I enjoy talking about IndyCar. It makes me miss it so much, but then no, it makes no, me I'm look like... forward to the season and look forward to May. So Again, excited. talking about how big Indy 500 is for these drivers. It is given pretty much its own month. It is. And it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. I'm so excited to like attend it. Attend it and like give you guys the I can't wait for our podcast around that time. Oh, yeah. Um, Um, But we would love to hear from you guys. Um, If you guys have something you want us to talk about a little bit more, dig deeper a little bit more, feel free to DM on Instagram. If you Mm -hmm. didn't catch that in the beginning, our Instagram is at f1.indiegirl. F1.indie.girls. Wow. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> it's been it's been a day <laughs> it's been the last two weeks yeah but we'd love to like dig more into what you guys want to hear and so if there's something in particular that you guys are interested in us talking about or you know digging into questions. finding information for you questions whether it be about either f1, f1 or indycar in about attending races whatever about it is. how we got into it what you would suggest if you wanted to start getting into it, what you would suggest, what we suggest. Um, Basically, any questions, any questions you, have, you have or any pointers. Like, yeah, if we we'll are just anything. really annoying you, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> we will be willing to change. Um, we would love to hear feedback from also, you guys. Also, if you have any good real ideas that you want us to do. Oh, yeah. For our Instagram, hit, hit us up. We will... Try and give you the content. Um, if we have plenty filmed, it just trying to get out reels. The reels is hard. Yeah, when we both have been so busy, <laughs> We've been so, so we're, busy, we got them filmed. We're just working on getting them edited. But if and you have out. content you want, whether it's Instagram content or podcast content, feel free to DM us. We'd love to hear 
from you guys. Um, but I think that's all we have for you this week. Yes. Thank you for joining us, and especially if you've stuck around <laughs> till the end. It has been one crazy podcast. Yes. So, that has been it for this podcast. Um, we'll be at IndyCar Recap next week. Part one. Yes. Or part one of our IndyCar Recap. Um, so, we hope you will join us for that. This has been F1 Indie Girls. We will see you next week.